Welcome into the DRF College Sports Podcast. My name's Jack Fitzpatrick. I'm joined by Bennett Conlin. How are you doing today, Bennett? I'm doing very well, Jack. How are you? I'm doing better than I was 30 seconds ago when I uh, messed up this open the first time um, because we actually had a really bad week last week. Yeah, I think I was... So I had seven best bets. I think like a couple of them kind of became void depending on how you look at it with like covid issues yeah. uh, and then a couple really close ones right we had jmu plus five and a half was one we liked and kind of sprinkling the money line they lost by six um another one i had i think they i forget exactly which game it was i'll have to pull it up on my phone but it lost it was another one that lost by about a point it was uh oregon oregon i think i had plus seven and a half and they lost by yeah. eight maybe against baylor something like that yeah i mean that game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I mean, granted, you didn't hit the spread on it, but I, th- I think you were kind of right on that it was going to be a closer game than people expected. They hung in there a little bit, Oregon, um, against a good Baylor team. Oregon's looked pretty bad. So that one we didn't get. We got Richmond money line. I had that little, like, R- Richmond and Virginia Tech basketball parlay that ended up going decently. Uh, Kentucky, I wish they would have had a chance to play Ohio State. They beat the crap out of North Carolina once they had the kind of, like, mix and match with that Vegas tournament with COVID. So they looked really good. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Gonzaga covered in their, their matchup and had a couple of those voids. And uh, Tennessee, they did not end up playing. Who was it, Alabama they were supposed to play? There's no, it was Memphis. It was no, Memphis. 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 They didn't do that, but I got back on the Tennessee train when they played Arizona and they covered last they night recording last this. Night. Yeah, they held on for dear life after an incredible start but hey a cover is a cover the officials were maybe a little bit questionable at times but it worked out in tennessee's favor and uh i'm looking forward to the start of sec play i think they're going to be a team i bet a decent amount yeah i mean that's a great little uh preview we're going to talk a little bit of kind of the teams were riding the teams were fading in this episode we're going to talk a little bit of like conference previews looking ahead to some conference futures for if we like anyone there um not a lot of college basketball going on this weekend due to the holiday, due to Christmas. We're recording this on the 23rd. Um, so not a lot of college basketball, but conference play almost starts. And conference play is when it gets really fun in college basketball, at least in my opinion. Yeah, because the non-conference matchups are a little hit or miss, right? Where some weeks you've got some great showdowns. Other weeks you've got a team playing uh, a no-name and the win by 40 and the spread's like 30-something. So. Yeah. I'm looking forward to conference play. It should be should be interesting. You got a few power five races that I, I good, or at least power conferences. Some of the power leagues aren't technically like the power fives, but some of these races will be really good. Um, pretty interested in talking to you, and we'll get into it a little bit later about some of the mid majors. Like the A10 is one that I think is is pretty fascinating in terms of that potential race. Don't sleep on the four bid WCC. That's a loaded league too. They got a lot of really good teams. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'm taking anyone other than Gonzaga to win. Yeah, but I think those those teams throughout the year are big time and been probably worth looking at as the year goes on. And um, don't sleep on the CAA. The Towson and Hofstra are both really good teams. Um, and this is from a Homer perspective. If JMU wins at Hofstra at Towson, those are two quadrant one wins. Yeah, those would be big for the Dukes. Who, <laughs> uh, if they win out, you could certainly have some fans getting excited about possibilities. Although unlikely and that Virginia win gets worse and worse by the day yeah Virginia is not good and and that leads us into I'm going to call this the fade zone 
who are we fading this year going into conference play? And then we're going to get into, I guess, the riding zone. That sounds a little weird, though, so maybe maybe not. Call uh, it that one's not safe for work, but uh, certainly <laughs> a good time. That's uh, uh, That'll be a workshop name as we're going through the fade zone. I'm just going to give you the five worst teams against the spread, all right? The five worst college basketball teams this season against the spread. And then I know we're probably both on the UVA fade zone. We're probably going to fade them for the rest of the year, honestly, and it'll probably make us money. But the five worst teams against the spread this season, William and Mary, they're 0-11 against the spread. They're also just horrible. at that. Like, it's not, like some of the teams I feel like maybe they're like a really good team that's overvalued a little bit or like a decent team that's overvalued and they like can't cover. They're still getting some wins. Like I think William Mary's only win is a nine D one win. Yeah. And that's terrible. Um, Next up is Houston Baptist at one and five against the spread. Cal state Bakersfield is one five and one against the spread Maine one in six and Idaho state one in eight. That's tough. So I guess all those teams just stink. Yeah. They really a commonality. uh, Probably the best team uh, that has a bad record against the spread, and they're not even that great of a team this season, is Rutgers. They're two seven and one against the spread. NC State's two and ten against the spread. Really? Um, just scrolling through this, yeah. I mean, the bad teams are the bad teams against the spread. Not to not to really just pile on. Washington, a Pac-12 team, three and seven. Saint Bonaventure, though, kind of a surprising one, three seven and one against the spread. Yeah, they've kind of fallen short. I haven't been impressed with them at all. I don't go into our A-10 talk, but they – I don't know. I thought they were going to be better than they are. It was it was interesting because um, Drake last season, I think they, they were like 20-0 and 0 against yeah. the spread at one point. Um, and I, they started this season fairly well against the spread, I want to say, and, and it looked like they were continuing that. Um, but since then, they have not played well against the spread. I think they only have three wins, three and nine um against the spread Oregon three and ten. Oh, I think Oregon though it's more so because of uh just how the season started yeah Oregon really oh, stunk to start the year they had those high yeah yeah a great point who's uh who's a team that that I didn't mention there mentioned the, the five worst and then a few other kind of surprising ones big ones that you are fading this year who who has is just they haven't lived up to expectations. Maybe they burned you. Maybe you bet on them heavily to start the season. Maybe they burned you. And now you just refuse to bet them for the rest of the year because that's a terrible way to bet. But sometimes we let our emotions take over. I fortunately haven't been burned too much by teams that are, I guess, struggling. I've had a hard time. I got that Chattanooga game where they played well. I think they beat VCU outright. And after that, I've done a horrible job of calculating when they'd be solid or not. I got really carried away by the middle Tennessee game last night. I was like middle Tennessee's nine and one ATS Chattanooga is coming off back-to-back losses, which would actually be a really good spot to go the other way. Take Chattanooga. You had mentioned the DRF Sims were all over Chattanooga. Um, didn't follow that. Went with uh, middle Tennessee and it ended up burning me. So that was tough, but Chattanooga, they're clinging on to a top 100 spot in Ken Palm. They've been really solid this year. I think they're a team I'm interested in monitoring throughout conference play because they're really good and their losses are all pretty good um, for sure. I've actually had a few teams that I've enjoyed sort of uh, trusting more so than I've had any bad experiences with some of these squads, at least off the top of my head. Do you have any teams that have uh, given you the cold shoulder or you're giving them the cold shoulder after a tough incident? Um, BYU and Utah State, not because they were bad, but just because kind of like you and Chattanooga – 
like I was really high on them and then they're they just I haven't been able to read them like you, you think you know what they're what's going to happen and then all of a sudden more so Utah State like I was hot they're kind of like my Boise State from last season we didn't do this podcast last season but I was so high on Boise State I was like they're going to win the Mountain West they're going to go to the Sweet 16 they're a good team um, and then none of that happened. And I think they missed the tournament completely. They're like one of the first four or next four out. Um, not a good showing. And Utah State's kind of showing to be like that too this season. Um, I'm trying to see what they're – yeah, they're – well, they are eight and four against the spread. But I think the thing is I picked them all four times during the losses. So They've done a nice job kind of taking care of business in some of those reasonable big spread games. I think they've – hung close in some of them, but like a 19 point loss to Iowa recently, BYU got them by 11. So yeah, they're, they're solid, but like you're saying, they're probably a looking like a bubble-ish team right now. We'll see how they go the rest of the year in conference play. Yeah. So who are, who are some teams then you really like the, well, I guess first I'll, I'll break down the five best teams against the spread kind of like William and Mary, William and Mary kind of surprised me that they're at the top of that list with no wins against the spread Monmouth is number one this season mm-hmm. against the spread. They're 12 and one. And I think they, they just lost last night to Hofstra. Did so they? 10 and three. Um, but That's they've lost to Charlotte to open the season. And then they lost to St. John's on the 9th of December. But other than that, they've handled business. A nice win on the road against Cincinnati, a nice road win against Pittsburgh. And 10 and three straight up, 12 and one against the spread. Great stuff. Davidson, another one. Um, Lee, their sharpshooter from NBA Global Academy, um, he's absolutely amazing, and they're ten and one against the spread. Maryland Eastern Shore, seven and one against the spread. Maryland Eastern Shore is five and six, a losing record straight up, but they cover well. Cornell seven and one, and Abilene Christian is nine and two straight up and six and one against the spread. Yeah, Maryland Eastern Shore is horrible which is why they have a chance to be good against the spread is yeah, their expectations are so low in these games. It's kind of like the reverse William and Mary, maybe William and Mary's getting to that point. I think that's another thing that's worth monitoring is like, just because a team started the year well against the spread doesn't mean they'll finish it. Cause I think bookmakers adjust the, the public betters kind of adjust. So everything sort of adjusts as the year goes on. And it's, you don't necessarily have to hate a team for an entire season. And also conference play is just a different beast in and of itself. When you get into conference play, you're playing teams two times in a three month period, four month period, and things can change. You know, Maryland Eastern Shore might go on a winning streak, but they are 341. They're one of the worst teams in the country. So that that's why yeah, they're not. They're, they're not. getting some huge spreads here that I think they're they're covering. And and in their defense, they have been reasonably competitive compared to what They've kind of been historically where they only lost to Connecticut by nine. They only lost to Liberty by 12. They actually stayed within two of St. Joe's to open the year. So like that's some, some games where ordinarily you think they might get lose by 40 and they've hung in there enough to, to get some covers. Although um, if you're betting Maryland Eastern shore a lot, I mean, maybe reevaluate some things in your life, but (laughs) (laughs) probably, probably. Um, So who, who's, Who's made you a lot of money this year? Who, who, who have you been riding with in this non-conference slate that you're thinking about continuing to ride when conference play gets started here in the new year? 
I enjoyed betting Tennessee against Arizona. I think a lot of it is like game by game and just try to understand teams where I'm not necessarily taking them to cover every game, but I am kind of aware of how they're doing or how they might be playing. I think that's where you can find a lot of value as the season goes on. I also think like Duke's going to be an interesting one because they've got a chance to really smack some teams in the ACC. So depending on some of these spreads, I think they could be a good cover team in conference, Uh, but also look at some matchups where if the spread gets really high and they're playing a good team on the road, where they might win a game by eight, you could get the the other side in there as a little cover play. So Duke's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Virginia, I've enjoyed betting against. I think that's been super valuable this year. I bet against them um, pretty recently here, I think three of their last five games. So I bet against them against Iowa, and that one came in for me. Bet against them against JMU, that one came in for me. Clemson was a three-and-a-half-point dog last night to – to Virginia. They won by 17. So that one came in too. So I've enjoyed betting against UVA a little bit. I think I'll maybe continue that a little more, but I also think at some point they'll start to cover and the alliance will adjust and realize like, Hey, UVA is an NIT team. Yeah. I don't think UVA, like I think the books will adjust. And then the next time Clemson plays UVA, that Clemson will be the favorite. Like I think UVA will stop being the favorite here soon against like middle of the pack ACC teams because UVA doesn't know how to score points they're horrible they're not talented like that's the thing that (laughs) like they're they're reasonably well coached but like in years past they've had really good players like deandre hunter was a lottery pick and they had like diakite who could do some really good things defensively in years past and even last year like you look at sam hauser and jay huff and like trey murphy was a first round pick like so there was talent there and that team still lost the first round of the ncaa tournament some of that was probably COVID related where they couldn't really practice all week leading up to the game. But like this year's team, who is, who's the NBA player on the team? And it's like, I'm not sure there is one. There's not like watching there's, them play. There is not Kihei Clark's the closest thing I would say to an NBA player. And he's, he's not even, he's like farthest down the list. You could maybe give Armand Franklin a look because of his size, but he hasn't been shooting the three. Well, he's shooting 20% from three. They kind of expected him to shoot 40%. Reese Beekman, if he gets to shoot, has enough size. But, like, no one's taking a 5'10 Kihei Clark with, like, a slow-release jump shot. Oh, no. I Yeah, not at all. So they've, I mean, and then, like, they're big guys. There's, like, some talent on the team. Jaden Gardner's a good player, but he's not an NBA guy. Caden Chedrick has good ability, but he's not, like, someone who can take over a game. And then they have Francisco Cafaro, who's seven feet tall and big, and that's almost everything he's bringing to the table right now. Is He's seven feet tall and big. But in terms of, like, skill – it hasn't been there. So, I mean, they just, they're horrible. Like, I don't think they're making the tournament. I mean, they're really not good, but at some point later in the year, they'll probably start covering a little bit. I would think. Yeah, I agree. Just because I think that the lines will flip and, and be in favor of them. But until that happens, it's the, it, it, it is fade UVA for until those lines kind of adjust or maybe they figure it out and they start playing well, but I kind of doubt that one, especially, I think Duke's a really good one too. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And that can kind of lead us into our breakdown of conferences. The ACC is in a down year, right? And horrible. Third, I mean, what you have Duke and a UNC, maybe who has three good losses. I guess that would a bunch yes. of like nobodies. The league is bad. Like it's yeah. not a good league this year. I don't know exactly when this DraftKings DraftKings uh, page that I have up updated. I imagine it's pretty pretty updated. Uh, but it's got Duke at plus 100 to win the league, which feels like pretty good value, to be honest with you. Like, I'm having a hard time seeing how they don't win the regular season title. You got North Carolina at plus 600, uh, Louisville at plus 850. 
I can't think of any situation when Louisville would win the league. Florida State's plus a thousand, Virginia Tech's plus a thousand, UVA's plus fourteen hundred. That's a complete waste of money if somebody wants to bet that. Syracuse plus two thousand. Then you got a bunch of other teams way down the list. I don't think there's any value in anyone other than maybe you want to take a flyer on North Carolina and say that they can get through the league and get, you know, split the matchups with Duke and maybe Duke drops a couple upsets. I don't know. I mean, I think if you're betting this, you might even just take <laughs> Duke at plus 100, but that feels like some crappy value for someone to win a conference. I'm honestly kind of surprised that Duke's not minus money there because you look at it. It might it, it might depend it on book minus money really quick, but you look at Duke is number six in Ken Palm. And then the closest ACC team in Ken Palm is Virginia tech at 25th. Mm-hmm. And I think Duke just kind of made light work of Virginia tech last night. Yeah. I mean, they were clearly the like more athletic and better team. So assuming they stay healthy, I mean, you look at, at Ken Palm does like the projected conference um, records. It's got Duke. I think they're playing 20 ACC games now. So it's got Duke at 16 and four and nobody else better than 12 and eight, where you got North Carolina and Clemson would be 12 and eight. I mean, a four game lead kind of sounds right. Like that, from that perspective, you get plus money on that. I might might consider (laughs) taking it. It's really hard to see anyone other than Duke winning this conference because it's such a down year. I mean, you can get to the point where you might look at this and think, you know, are they getting more than two bids? I I, I, get three or four. It's going to be very few bids. I was going to say, before we move on to the next conference, how many bids do you think the ACC is getting? Like genuinely believe that they are going to get. Because if you think about it, WCC will probably get four because they have four or maybe three, but they have really good teams. I feel like the mid-major leagues have guys who can get a few in and might open the door that, you know, A-10 has maybe a fringe team that is better, that maybe even has a better resume than the third or fourth place team, ACC team that normally gets in. Because the ACC isn't going to bolster their resume this season. Normally, that's when the, Duke is playing, when Duke plays Virginia, that bolsters your resume. That's not the case this year. That's a quadrant three game. That's the point that's really important. Is like some of these teams aren't aren't good in the sense that like not only are they going to have a hard time making it, but they don't have teams in conference like other than Duke or maybe North Carolina that give you like a huge win. The committee looks at so that's going to hurt them a lot. I think Wake Forest was really smart where like their non-conference schedule kind of sucked, um, but they played LSU Northwestern Virginia Tech. Well, I guess Virginia Tech is not non-conference, but they played LSU and Northwestern in non-conference and Oregon State, and they won two of those three. They lost to LSU, but they have a win over Northwestern, um, and they ended up beating Virginia Tech by about 20 points on the road. So they're 11-1 and one overall. I think if they can just get through conference play with like a reasonable record and, and make a run at 20 wins i think they'll sneak in even if they're in the middle of the pack just because they'll have some value there and i think the committee will give them a little bit of a bump from that so i think wake forest has a decent shot Uh, i mean i guess louisville could make it but they look horrible i mean they look really really bad in some of these matchups they're inconsistent they have losses to DePaul from in western kentucky it's not good right yeah and what's going to be some acc losses horrible i mean North, so it looks like, I mean, maybe you have Duke, North Carolina, Wake Forest, and someone yeah. else tries to make a run at it. I thought Syracuse going into the year had a chance to be a little bit better. They played a hard schedule, but you can't lose to Colgate at home by 15. So Syracuse is the team, though, that'll get in based – like, they'll be a fringe team, get in on their, on their brand, and then, you know, make a Sweet 16 run as they normally do. 
that's what they always do. It's just some of the losses here are head scratching, yeah. like Georgetown, Colgate, VCU by 12. Auburn blew them out. Villanova blew them out. We've talked about that game on the podcast where both teams stunk, but Villanova still won by 14. Yeah. So they've, they've got a couple things going for them. They beat Indiana, uh, Arizona state and Florida state. So like maybe they'll pick up some big ones and have a shot, but God, the ACC is just woeful this year. So we're going from a bad conference. Now we're going to go on over to a good conference, arguably the best conference in the nation, the big 12. They boast Baylor undefeated, Kansas nine and one, Texas tech nine and two, Texas nine and two, Oklahoma 10 and two, West Virginia 11 and one, Iowa state 12 and 0, Oklahoma state seven and four. Uh, TCU 10 and one and Kansas state eight and three. No one has more than four losses and Oklahoma state is still one of the best defensive teams in the country um, in all right defense. But I mean, this, this big 12 conference can get a lot of teams in this season. Phenomenally good. Yeah. Everyone in there is playing pretty good basketball at this point. Uh, it's going to be a really tightly contested race. I think, I think some of these teams are, are really impressive. So excited to see how it, develops a little bit in terms of the odds i'll run through them quick for you, you got kansas this is on DraftKings. kansas is plus 160 baylor is plus 200 texas wow. is plus baylor's 300. plus 200 sorry to interrupt but baylor is plus not 200. the favorite to win you got uh they give kansas a little bit of the edge there so interesting kind of interesting for sure we'll see exactly what goes on there but that was close texas plus 300 and then there's a big gap here so texas tech is plus 900 you go to iowa state plus 1,500, West Virginia plus 1,800, you get Oklahoma State at plus 2,500, and then uh, Oklahoma's plus 3,000. And then after that, you're looking at kind of some long shot odds on those teams. But yeah, I don't know. I think Baylor plus 200 could be interesting. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, according to Kempom, they're going to win the league. And I mean, they look really good. One of the top five offense, top four defense, a solid tempo they play at. Um, yeah, they, they, what? that look really good this season. I think they have better wins too than Kansas does. Like they played a harder schedule, I think. Consistently. They'll probably be a top two seed come March. And I don't know. I, I, I can't say the same. I mean, Kansas probably will, but. Yeah. Kansas looks like they're playing decently well, but they haven't necessarily, I mean, their best win is a Michigan state, but it was a season opener. So after that, you're looking at like Iona, St. John's. <laughs> so, I mean, they haven't, played a murderer's row, whereas Baylor, you look, they've beaten, you know, VCU, Michigan State, Villanova, Oregon, like, so just a lot of really solid ones, Arizona State, Stanford, where they've kind of smoked some of these teams too. Um, So I've been super impressed with them and think that there's probably some value there. I also think Texas is sneaky good. They have them at plus 300. Um, I know they're not quite as loved by Ken Palm and they're two real tests, Gonzaga and Seton Hall, they lost, uh, but both those were considered away games. And I just, I don't know. I think they're a pretty good team. I really like Chris Beard as a say. coach. And I think they can kind of gel a little bit, right? They got a bunch of like transfers they added in. I feel like they might be able to gel as the year goes on. Yeah, I really like the Texas pick there. A lot of value. I also love Baylor. I think Texas and Baylor are the plays in the big in the Big 12. I don't, I don't think so much about Kansas. Just because if Kansas splits with Baylor, I think then Baylor wins it. And like, I don't see Kansas being able to sweep the season series against Baylor. Um, they're just really good. And Texas, I love Chris Beard. I think he's a fantastic coach, great guy. Um, and who knows, maybe Texas finally finally makes a run and doesn't get upset in the first round like they did consistently with Shaka Smart, and he's up there in Marquette doing good things there. Yeah, it's 
there are a lot of really good coaches out there, especially in the Big 12. They're a really, really good league. And then I think it's interesting, too, because you mentioned all those good teams. Like some of those guys are going to take down the top yeah. top dogs during the year. There's going to be, I would think, a decent amount of infighting there, but it's still going to be a league that gets a bunch of bids. And I think those teams will do pretty darn well when they get in the dance. Yeah, it's, it's all quad one games, essentially, in that if we're talking – I like how it's what it's December, end of December, March Madness is still really far away. We're a conference play starting up and we're starting to talk about quadrant one, quadrant two wins and, and all that fun stuff. Moving on from the big 12, we're going to the big 10 Ohio state. They upset Duke earlier in the season. Uh, one of the best upsets of the year, Illinois, Michigan state, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan, Michigan's a little, I feel like they they're seven and four. They're a top, 20 uh top 22 defense and top 20 offense i don't know i thought michigan was going to be a lot better this season but i mean in the in conference play they might get better but what are you seeing in the big 10 what are your expectations for them and and what what do the futures look like i still just love purdue so much like they're playing exceptionally well i've been very very impressed with pretty much everything they've done this year. Like, I mean, it's hard to see anything that they've done and, and not be impressed by it. So they stand out as a team to me um, that should certainly be at the top of the list. I think a lot of this, you got to do some odd shopping. So I'm looking at some FanDuel stuff too, that has some different odds. So I don't know exactly Ooh, when we're talking when odd shopping. Why would you odd shop? Give a little bit of the behind the scenes on, on why you odd shop, Mr. You have, I think you have accounts with FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, Caesars yeah. bet MGM. If you, you, you're uh, Mr. Odd Shopper. I think it's reasonably smart. If you like um, a certain team, let's say you like like Kansas to win the Big 12 or something, like it's from the thing I'm looking at with FanDuel, um, or let's say you like Baylor, it looked like FanDuel might have had plus 170 um, for Baylor and you get plus 200 on DraftKings. There's no reason not to take better odds if that's what you, you like. I might as well have an account on different sites and get those those better odds. So I'll, I'll pull up some FanDuel ones here and, and roll through them quickly for the big 10. They've got Purdue and this was updated a few days ago. I don't know exactly when um, it was updated for, for DraftKings. and I'm in Florida, which makes it annoying to look up on your phone because sometimes they're like, Oh, you can't look on your phone right now because you're not in the right. So that's stupid. I think Maryland might've been in a state that's changing it where you can like look at your bets, even if you can't place them in that state which is way nicer. Like if you place a bet in another state and you go to another state, why can't I just look at it? You know what I mean? Like you don't have to let me place one. <laughs> you tell them God. Maryland, you cover God. Maryland. So, so I don't I can't know, look I live in North Carolina and I know more about Maryland betting than I think a majority of Maryland residents. It's just ridiculous. I'll see if DraftKings lets, lets me do it to confirm some of these active ones. But for FanDuel, it's got Purdue. This was a couple days ago. Uh, Purdue at plus 200 to win the Big Ten, Illinois plus 400, uh, Michigan plus 440, Ohio State plus 500, Michigan State plus 600. And then you're looking at a bigger gap where you got Indiana and Wisconsin at plus 1900. Uh, and after that, everyone's everything is kind of a longer shot. Iowa plus 3000. You're getting pretty into the weeds there. I don't know how many people really want to bet anyone other than those top teams, but you have five teams that are plus 600 or better. Um, or, you know, plus 200 to plus 600, that's going to be a competitive race. Do you see anyone having a significant edge there? Um, I think looking at the Big Ten Conference, how it's playing out, 
Purdue has the best offense in the nation and a really respectable defense. I think Purdue is the one who has the edge in the Big Ten Conference. I think they also have a the edge, probably a top one seed in March Madness come that time. I think they they have Zach Eady, who's what, a 7-2 sophomore. They have amazing big men. They have great backcourt. I mean, they have every ingredient you need to make a national championship contender, and I, I just don't see another team in the Big Ten kind of taking him down are they going to run through the big 10 no are they going to lose ohio state i don't i don't i think ohio state's kind of here's a hot take and i i'm not in the business of hot takes just kidding i very much am i think ohio state's a little overvalued off of what they did to duke what about their almost 20 point home win against wisconsin okay wisconsin isn't that great uh, wisconsin's pretty good nine and two um, wisconsin team they beat houston on a neutral floor They've got a win over Indiana. Okay, talk they're, to me when Wisconsin loses to George Mason tonight. They're not going to lose to George Mason. I actually think I took Wisconsin minus like 11 and a half in that game. Really? Just a quick tangent. Um, that is a good – that's a good bet, though, because Wisconsin, according to our Sims, the values on them at minus 16 and the lines at minus 11 and a half right now. Yeah, I kind of like them in that one. Although they played poorly in their last out, I think they'll rally. Although Mason's kind of figured it out again a little bit, which is good to see because it's fun when they're playing good basketball for, for uh, the state, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Also for the A-10, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Anyone else in the Big Ten you think has the edge? Um, other I than- think Ohio State's fascinating. But I also, to go back to the odds shopping, and just to clarify for everyone, because I had a mild panic attack that I thought all the odds were – uh, season opening odds, not true. This is actually what DraftKings has. They're just rather different than some of the FanDuel odds. So, like, um, the FanDuel odds a couple of days ago had Michigan at plus 440. Uh, DraftKings has plus 300. So, you can get – I think it was saying FanDuel had Ohio State at plus 500. DraftKings has plus 600. Wow. Plus 600 on DraftKings for an Ohio State team that Ken Palm says is going to have the same conference record as Purdue. Um, I don't know. I would be interested just because EJ Liddell is – arguably right now the best player in college basketball they're playing really well they've already got a conference win or two under their belt where you've got a nice nice Rutgers upset over Purdue which gives you a little edge there not one that people expected that's true maybe interesting there all of these are kind of tough but I think like if you could take you can get Purdue at like plus 145 or Duke at plus 100 I would just add more valid more money to Duke like I think that one is a really sure bet Whereas yeah. I don't think Purdue is quite as much of a lock, but the odds feel kind of similar. That's a really good point. I think Duke is a lock to win the ACC. I think Purdue is going to be in a dogfight just because it is such a good conference. Kind of like the right. Big 12, whoever you're betting on, it's going to be a dogfight. Even the favorite you know, might mm-hmm. have a bad weekend and you go 0-2 and then you're struggling to get back to the top of, the, top of your conference standings just like that. Moving from the Big Ten, we're going to SEC, the Southeastern Conference. It boasts Tennessee, an undefeated LSU team. Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama um, are kind of the big boys. And you got Arkansas in there at 10-2, and two, uh, Mississippi State and Florida at 9-3, and three, and South Carolina at 9-3. and three. Pretty, solid, uh, pretty solid conference. Again, they're not just football. I love Alabama, but Alabama kind of has made me sad a few times this season with a bad loss to Memphis. Uh, Forget who else they lost to. Memphis, Davidson, they just came off of a one-point loss to Davidson, which is terrible. Um, Davidson's balling, though. What was that? Davidson's been balling. 
Yeah, Dave, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about them when we get down to there. But, man, Davidson is a fun team. They're so good offensively. They're one of the best effective field goal percentage teams in the nation. They don't turn the ball over. Um, they shoot the three like nobody's business. And Lee is an absolute monster in terms of shooting. I've been impressed by them. And they needed a big win. So to get that Alabama game, which I think was a late ad, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were supposed to play someone else and something came up uh, COVID related. Um, could be wrong, but they ended up getting that Alabama game, huge win that they really needed because the A-10 solid, but like you look at the way St. Bonaventure is playing and VCU is kind of been meh. None of the wins in that league are going to be great. Uh, you yeah. can get some good ones, but not great ones. So to have one you can point to and be like, hey, we beat Alabama on a neutral floor. That's kind of feels important. Agreed. The SEC has some really good defensive teams too. They have two top, they have two top two teams. They boast the best defense and the second best defense in LSU and Tennessee. LSU kind of played a lighter schedule though this season. So take it all with a slight grain of salt. We'll see how they play come conference tournament, conference play time. Who future wise, what is it looking like and, and where are you going with your money? LSU is legit. They're pretty fascinating. Um, so I think they're a team to, to keep an eye on, but here to go to your point, uh, based on Ken Palm, they have not played a Ken Palm top 50 team. Yeah. So far this season, their next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games are against uh, Ken Palm top 45 teams with a lot of those like top 15 or top 20 teams. <laughs> so like, it's about to get a lot harder for LSU. They, don't be surprised if you're looking at like a, tw- a, a what, a 13 and six team or a 14 I and still- five. I think they'll scrap in some of those games. I think they're still really, really good, uh, but they're definitely going to take some, some some defeats there. But a couple of their wins, like where they kind of blew out Liberty and Belmont, uh, that was impressive to me. So I, I've been impressed, although I don't think they've played a true road game yet. So uh, they do that against Auburn next week. We'll see how that goes for them. They've played a semi-away game, whatever that means. Yeah, it must have been like in Georgia, but not. It must have been like in Atlanta. Or something like, like the Mercedes-Benz super Not at there, yeah. So who knows? But um, those are always weird. I like LSU. I think they're playing pretty well. I'm not sure I'd take them to win the league, but I'll go through the odds for you. We have um, – this is on DraftKings because I believe it's slightly more updated than the FanDuel ones I had up, and Tennessee just beat Arizona, so I figured the updated ones would be good. Uh, Kentucky is the favorite at plus wow. 260. Really? Yeah, Kentucky getting some value there, or at least not a lot of value, but a lot of uh, hype. Yeah, Alabama plus 320. And then there's a little bit of a gap. You can actually get Tennessee at plus 600. I love that bet. I like that one a lot, too. (laughs) You got Arkansas at plus 650, Auburn at plus 800, Florida at plus 900, LSU plus 900. Then after that, you're looking at everything's 2,000 or over. So maybe you take some long shots there. You can actually get Georgia, who's playing unbelievably good basketball, at plus 40,000. Um, they're the, like the worst. Tom Crean's got to go, man. They're bad. They're really bad. I actually just bet against them. They were slight favorites at home against East Tennessee State, bet on ETSU money line. That one came home. So feeling good there. Uh, they also lost to George Mason. I think I might have bet Mason in that one. I can't remember exactly. But um, the, really, the only thing they have going for them is they beat Memphis. Other than that, they've looked just dreadful. They're at bottom 100. They're 144 in offense. They're 241 in defense. And they're, so they don't do anything well. 
they're only favored to beat Gardner Webb on Wednesday, according to Ken Palm, by four. Yeah, at home. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just flat out bad at basketball. So uh, good for them. Their season's over. Um, I don't obviously don't want to bet them. I think Tennessee is interesting. They're projected to tie with Auburn on Ken Palm, 13 and five, but then you got LSU and Kentucky 12 and six in there, Alabama, Florida, also right there. And even Mississippi state is supposed to have a winning record in the league. Um, Arkansas, I'm not sold on at all. The must bus. They haven't played anyone. Like they haven't played anyone. Oh, uh, they played the Charlotte 49ers. Yeah. They played them, I guess. Like that's, <laughs> that's not, that's a game. cool. But they lost by like 20 plus to Oklahoma. Hofstra beat them by eight. Um, their best win is probably Kansas State or Cincinnati, reasonably competitive games. I think they're going to struggle a little bit once they start playing some real teams. Um, not Zola Arkansas. would not want to place a bet on them. I like Tennessee a lot. I've liked them the last couple of weeks. Um, next week they play Wednesday against Alabama. I'm going to take them to lose. I'm going to take Alabama to cover. Um, but other than that, I – I uh, I like the volunteers. I, I like Tennessee a gr- too. I think SEC will kind of beat up on itself, but I think Tennessee, they're they're an experienced team, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of, I know Fulkerson's an older guy. Fulkerson's a good one. They got some juniors who really contribute. Yeah. So a little bit of an older team, and they kind of went through some heartbreak last season. A little bit of disappointment in how their season ended. Um, right? They didn't. I don't think they made the Sweet Sixteen. They uh, lost in the first round by 14 to Oregon State. Yep, that's it. Um, so disappointment there. They want to get back. I, I like Tennessee plus 600. That's a really good value. Like, now, do I think they're going to win? I could see a lot of other teams winning, but at plus 600, I don't think they're plus 600 value. I think they're more like plus four to 300. I think they're decent. Like, I think they're decent. I think they're the best team right now in the SEC, just like in Ken Palm overall rating. They're, they're the top yeah. one. You got LSU and Kentucky are right behind. So it's not like a major gap between any of these teams. But if you're looking at, at you know, Kentucky and Alabama, you got plus 260, plus 320, and said you can take plus 600. Yeah. With Tennessee, I feel very good about that. Although I will, um, I think I'm going to end up taking Alabama, like I mentioned. I think that's a great spot to get off Tennessee a little bit. They're coming off that big win over Arizona. The game's at Alabama. Alabama just lost to Davidson. And Memphis, I think those are fresh in people's mind, but they got a week to bounce back. I think they'll find a way to beat Tennessee uh, in that SEC. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I think the home court might make it. Bama could be a short favorite, but it'll be be close. Um, And I think I'll take Bama in that one. But then I think you could even wait until after that, and I imagine these odds will stay up for a while for who's going to win the conference. So then you could even get Tennessee at longer odds after that conference opening loss, which could could be a potential play for me. I've also got the... Tennessee Final Four ticket. Yeah, you really just got to go all in on Tennessee. Tennessee Final Four is a terrible bet, but I think they can win the SEC. Moving on from the SEC, we'll go Pac-12, and then we'll talk some mid-major stuff. Um, Pac-12, really top-heavy. Really top-heavy, I feel like, and uh, really not good anywhere else. USC 12-0, then they have Arizona, who was 11-0 and and then lost last night, first loss of the season. UCLA's only loss was to Gonzaga. And then from there, it's kind of a drop-off. Yeah, do you want to talk about anyone other than those three? No, because <laughs> I don't okay. think there's value on anyone else. I don't think so either. So UCLA is plus 140, Arizona is plus 150, and USC is plus 500. One more time, I was writing something down and I completely missed that. UCLA is plus 140. Okay. 
Arizona's plus 150. And if you want USC, you can get them at plus 500. Here's a hot take. I don't, I don't hate USC at plus 500. I hate it. Oh, okay. They haven't really played anyone. They have what? I guess they have a conference win unless they, I'm assuming they played that as a conference game already. Yeah. So they've played some conference games already two and zero in the league. I just, I really like Arizona here. I think Arizona is a, a pretty great team. I love the way they play. The fact that they were able to, uh, you know, beat Illinois on the road. They have a neutral site win over Michigan. They've just been really good. And even the Tennessee game on the road, they're really competitive. So um, they have kind of a really, really tough start um, to the conference play, or at least to, to some of the beginning. Yeah, they're 1-0 in conference play. Technically, they play like a, one of those weird kind of a, not early season, but it's like, it's kind of early season, but, but they play UCLA and USC as their next two games. If they the can go two and zero in those, then they have great value. Yeah, if they can pick up road wins over the two top competitors, then they might get to like minus odds. So I was going to say, and then just the way the the schedule is laid out, then February third and then February fifth, they go UCLA USC um, home again. Home, yeah, again. So by February fifth, you might know who's winning. The you have a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, unless there's a bunch of splitting down the ways, but I don't know. I think you might, if you're think they're going to win it, maybe take them now. If you think they're going to win those yeah. two games, but if you think they're going to drop one of those, you can get better odds later. There's no shame in waiting, especially because if they drop one or two of those, they got a really winnable stretch in their next like seven before that UCLA uh, USC home stretch when they could get those back. So I don't know, play it however you want, but a lot of different options there. I've been impressed by them. And UCLA is also really good. So they've got three teams that are probably worth keeping an eye on. And the rest of the league is kind of garbage. Three teams that'll probably make the tournament and then no one else. In the, unless like somehow one of those random teams wins the Pac-12 tournament at the end of the season. And then you have a four bid Pac-12, Pac-12 league. Kind of like what Oregon State did last year. Oregon State coming off of that amazing run. And now they're two and 10 and projected to finish five and 15 in conference. Yeah. They just have not been great. You could look at early in the year. It was like, oh, maybe Washington State has something going. Doesn't really seem like they actually have something going. So. Well, moving on from all those major conferences, I know basketball is a little bit different than football. You have the Big East, who's a really solid basketball power and technically, I guess, part of the power six or however you want to call it, mid-high major, low major, mid-major in basketball. Let's talk a little bit of other other conferences. We, we touched on a little bit of A-10. We can dig into the Big East, but do you think there's any kind of under-the-radar mid-major conference? WCC is really good, too. There aren't a ton that are listed. I'm not even seeing WCC listed, so it might depend on your book and what you can find for some of those. Like, I'm not seeing, like, the low-major odds to win the conference. Yeah. Um, so some of it's a little hit or miss. I think uh, I think the A-10 is a fun one. I think the Mountain West is one that you're – you're very fond of. You got Colorado State is favored there, and San Diego State and Utah State reasonably close. I think that could be a competitive race. I think Utah State could be fun. I think that that could be a fun bet. I they're really, really um, senior heavy. Bean is really good. Uh, they're nine and four now, but they can really just go on a run. They're a really good offensive team, thirty sixth in offense in the nation, according to Ken Palm. I kind of like that bet a lot, to be honest yeah. with you. Utah State, they're at uh, DraftKings as a plus 650. And you know why it's like, to me, 
they their losses this season have been to BYU, Iowa, St. Mary's, and then they opened the season with a head scratching loss to UC Davis. But since then, they've been really good, and all those losses are top thirty-seven Ken Palm teams, and they don't play another top. Their next big quote-unquote big game would be Colorado State, who's thirty-fifth in Ken Palm. They don't. They they have a very easy schedule the rest of the way outside of maybe San Diego State and Colorado State, who are both winnable games. And I think Utah State's probably a better team. They also shoot the crap out of the ball. Like when they get going, they can really <laughs> knock down some threes. So I think they're interesting because yeah, like you mentioned, some of these teams are just they're probably going to beat because they're not all that good. Um, it'll be competitive, but I think they're going to be in the mix. And if you could have a team that's in the mix at the top at plus six fifty, seems kind of fun. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about A10, just because I love the yes. A10. I think you have a soft spot for the A10. Davidson's good. I was I, I didn't think they'd be this good, but they're sitting at 10 and 2. Their only losses were the middle of November in San Francisco, who's a really good WCC team, and then against New Mexico State, which is a little head scratching. It was an 11 point loss on a neutral site. But since then, they've absolutely, you know, they've gone on a fantastic run, beating Penn by 12. They destroyed Charlotte in a rivalry game. They destroyed William and Mary Northeastern Radford. And then they squeak out a game against Alabama and don't discount that win against Johnson and Wales, man, a culinary <laughs> school here in Charlotte. That's a big one for him. <laughs> I think they'll point to that one. When the committee looks at the resume for sure. Anytime you can be Johnson and Wales. It's I was just... seeing how long you could go on about <laughs> Johnson and Wales. And a... So I thought these odds, to get back to the real discussion, I thought these odds were kind of surprising on DraftKings, and I'll run through the first. So you got four teams that are within um, plus 900 or shorter odds. Okay. So you got – who do you think is the favorite? I think Richmond's probably the favorite. No, St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure, they have it plus 130. I don't think that's – I think St. Bonaventure's kind of slid here a little bit. I haven't been impressed with them at all. And then you got Richmond at plus 550. Makes sense. Davidson at plus 800. You can get Dayton at plus 900. And then you got a couple teams, St. Louis, George Mason, Rhode Island, VCU, in the plus 1100 to plus 1500 range. Um, I'm probably not pulling the trigger on any of those, although they could be interesting kind of long shots. Uh, They all have some flaws there as well. I'm definitely not taking St. Bonaventure. Yeah, that's terrible value. I think the best value there is Richmond and Davidson. Richmond – I mean, you gotta when you start looking at mid-major schools. I I really look at who their starting five is and who's coming off the bench. Are they are they veteran led? Do they have kind of a go-to guy? And I think Richmond and David Davidson definitely has that. And Lee, who's a sharpshooter and absolutely fantastic, and Richmond has that. And Grant Golden, he is a really good. I believe he's a four or a five. He's a big man who. Mm-hmm. who can shoot it fairly well. Then they have Jacob Gilliard, who I'm pretty high on. Um, I think yeah. he's a really, really good uh, three or four. And then just looking at uh, Ken Palm, they have Tyler Burton, Nathan Kayo, Isaiah Wilson, all of them getting more than 50% of minutes and pretty solid offensive ratings. They're old, man. They got some guys who have been around a while. and Grant Gold has we, been there since 2004, it feels like. We, we've talked uh, – Maybe last week, I think it was last week, right? Where they were, yeah, it was um, where they played NC State. We talked about how they were close to getting some of these like bigger wins, and NC State's kind of fading now in the metrics. But 
Uh, that one felt like a bigger win. They finally got it because they have that loss to Utah State that was competitive until the end. They had a close loss to Drake. Uh, they had a really competitive loss to Maryland, Maryland. and uh, overtime loss to Mississippi State. Yeah, so like they've come really close. So I really like them and think they're probably a little bit undervalued right now. I think they're playing better and maybe have the chance to be more consistent than St. Bonaventure. So I would certainly look at that um, and would maybe even consider Davidson, like you mentioned, like they can really – uh, knock down some shots. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams, one of the best shooting teams in the country. So it's easy to like that. I think what I like about Richmond is that they're they're reasonably good on both ends. Like they're not, you know, a top 20 on either side of the ball, but they are top 100 in both. And they shoot it pretty well. They have Grant Golden. I think defensively, maybe they'll get better as the year goes on. And they've played a bunch of solid teams, which is essentially what the A-10 is. And they've been in every game. So I think if you have that, that's a decent value of whatever they were plus five fifty, I think. Yeah, I've been really high on Richmond all season. And you said it, they're old. They are average years in college is two point four six years. That's the thirty-fifth oldest team in the nation. They bring back seventy-three point one percent of their minutes from last season, um, 29th best in the nation. So they're old, they're veteran led. And I think that's really important when it comes to a mid-major team and their top one hundred in offense and defense, top fifty in offense. They're a good team. They're not great. They're not terrible. They're a really, really solid team. I think Davidson has the ability to go hot and cold just because they so are so reliant on the three. You kind of see it with Alabama. When they lose to Memphis, Alabama was so reliant on a three, and if you're just missing your shots on a night, you can lose a game. Um, Davidson's kind of that same way, but it's kind of Alabama light almost. So I think Richmond is really good. I don't think, I think St. Bonaventure might finish third or fourth in the A-10. Like maybe I'm overreacting to their three losses, but they just, they have a bad pen. They, I think they went to OT with pen and they just didn't look great in that game. Maybe it was Boise state too. They didn't look great in that early tournament in the season. I think Rhode Island and VCU, VCU might be able to nick them. Their VCU is the third best defense in the nation. Yeah. VCU is awesome. Awesome. Defensively. Defensively. <laughs> Offensively they're horrendous to watch but um <laughs> yeah they've been in, in pretty much all their games too and actually have some okay wins so they're one that you could take a flyer on and say hey like if they can do literally anything offensively in the second half of the season they can make a little run at it you're just then counting on them to do literally anything offensively which is maybe a stretch but the bonnies scare me a little bit because they are really good and they're like, they have a ton of yeah they're old a lot of really good talent uh, they still have wins over boise state clemson and marquette like those are decent wins. Yeah, I know we didn't we've take been those ragged them. <laughs> we've been kind of messing with them a little, but those are decent um, and definitely worth noting with any future bet in conference that it appears um, assuming the protocols don't change drastically that like COVID could have significant impacts on yes. like a team's rhythm, who's available, what happens there. Um, some leagues have been keeping worth important to look at some mid-major leagues are like keeping the forfeit rule, which is insane to me. Or like if you're on a, don't have enough guys because they've tested positive, you'll take a loss in the conference standing. So definitely check that out for each league before you play some of these bets. Um, that's very important. And I think also too, like if that scares you off a little bit, maybe just find some teams that you think you can find value in game to game rather than taking a future. If you think the future is going to be derailed by various pauses. Yeah, that's a really good point. Find a team you might like who who provides some good good value there. Maybe maybe a team in the middle of the A10. Maybe it's VCU. Maybe it's mm-hmm. 
Maybe it's UMass. Who knows? <laughs> Probably not UMass. Maybe, uh, maybe VCU and Virginia Unders could be fun to follow. <laughs> we should track that this season in conference play because I feel like their Unders are going to – well, actually, I think drfsports.com, drf.com slash sports. Um, you can check out how the unders do in all of their games to, to keep track of it. I just do want to touch on the WCC. There are no futures out there for that league. But Gonzaga, BYU, San Francisco, St. Mary's, even Santa Clara. Santa Clara's 10-5, and five, looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're, just a good t- they're just a good basketball league. I think Gonzaga, BYU, San Fran, and St. Mary's all are going to make the tournament. That, that's all I want to say on WCC. I think that all makes sense. That sounds good. Another one we talked about Duke is a fun team to kind of take a, a conference future on just because like they're probably going to win the league. Feel very similar about Houston. You can get them at plus 120 to win the American. I feel very strongly that's the best team in the American. Yeah. Only fear would be that psycho Memphis with all their talent finds a way to get <laughs> things going and like ruins your season uh, just because they can get super hot and they're loaded with talent. But Houston's consistent. Uh, a lot of those teams are going to beat up on. There might be some tight wins in there, but like they already have wins over Hofstra, which I actually think turned out to be an impressive win. They played them in overtime, but Hofstra looks really effing good. We should probably talk CA for a minute just for fun. Uh, Hofstra looks good. They beat Virginia, who's meh, uh, but they've got, you know, a win over Oklahoma State that's pretty good. And their only losses are extremely competitive losses to Alabama and Wisconsin. So, like, I think they're a very, very good team. I could see them winning this league by a couple of games and uh, grabbing like a two seed or three seed. Yeah, I like that. Moving on to the CAA, because you brought it up, and I think we need to talk about it. Is the CAA a two-bid league? No, but they're no. actually uh, – <laughs> they're sneaky good. Like some of the, I'm gonna excited to bet some of these games, because they have some teams that are, are playing pretty well. I've been really impressed with Charleston and what they've done under Pat Kelsey. Uh, not perfect all year by any means. Quick tempo. But they got a win over Chattanooga that's number one. Lead the country in tempo which I absolutely adore. And uh, I bet them to beat Old Dominion or cover. I forget which one exactly I bet. I think I might've done money line. Who knows? But they, um, they did beat Old Dominion on the road. So they got that nice win. Old Dominion kind of stinks, but like Charleston's trending in the right direction. I like them. Towson. Towson is sneaky good. And Hofstra. They both have really good offenses. Top 60. Towson's 66th in offense. Hofstra's 51st. They're both really good. Hofstra is one, um, so we're both JMU guys, but right, they can't play in the conference tournament. Realistically, they're not getting an at-large, right? It would take a miracle. Um, not happening. I kind of hope Hofstra wins the league because really? I've been real. Yeah, I like watching them play. So the last two games, they have wins over Arkansas and Monmouth. Monmouth was like a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They're playing really, really solid basketball, and I was like, oh, I love that. Hofstra let down spot instead they go on the road after beating Arkansas four days later and beat Monmouth by six. Like they're legit. They're playing really good. They have one like head scratching loss to Stony Brook on the road where they kind of stunk. But other than that, they have losses to uh, Houston in overtime, Iona in a reasonably close game. We love Iona, Maryland by two, Richmond by 13. That was on the road. So they've looked really good the last few weeks. They're playing good basketball. Yeah. Um, Head coach Speedy Claxton. I always had to bring that up because what an amazing, amazing um, name. I think this is he's awesome. He's a uh, he's a Hofstra legend, I believe. I think he played there. Yeah, he did. Oh, perfect. I think Um, the only thing that worries me about them is they're not necessarily old. They don't bring back a lot of minutes from last season. I think Jalen Ray is their biggest contributor. They brought back from last season, so that worries me. Um, He's a first round NBA guy. Jalen Ray. 
Speedy. Oh, you're still on Speedy Claxton. <laughs> I'm over here talking about minutes continuity, and you're like, Speedy Claxton. What about Zach Cooks? The NJIT transfer. What about him? He's been around a while. Has he been at Hofstra for a while? No, but he's his fifth year of college basketball. He's a vet. Um, yeah, but uh, Towson and Hofstra are kind of the uh, Towson to me is the surprise of the season in the CAA. Maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. Are you saying to Towson them. was too young? No, Hofstra. Hofstra, they still have Jalen Ray. Yeah, you were paying attention at all <laughs> with what I was saying. Never mind. They're, look at them. Look at them all. They're experienced. Is okay. that what you were saying? <laughs> You're sleeping on these guys, man. They're, uh, I think they're good. I think if they get in, they can win a game. Whoever gets in from the conference, I think, could win a game. I agree. I think that they have there, there, there hasn't been that feel in the CAA for the last few years. Um, I would say the last team that had that feel was probably College of Charleston in 2016 or 17. I like that they all grabbed some transfers. I like how you're breaking it down in your mind now, trying to figure out which team you're riding for the rest of this. Cam season. Holden, Cam Holden. This is actually a good one for us. Cam Holden was the guy that JMU was going after. I think there was like a scholarship issue or something where they didn't have enough and he was going to go to JMU. And now he's at Taps and he's shooting like 42% from three, 50% from two. He's been awesome. We missed on that one. Jamie missed on that one. Yeah, but it's a, it's a league I will keep an eye on and bet on because I actually think there's some decent teams in here that are going to be fun to bet, um, especially when they play William & Mary, who we mentioned stinks. I think they have a chance to beat them by 25 every night. Well, I love that breakdown. Do you have anything else you want to add? Do we want to talk bowl games for three minutes? Well, we can talk bowl games if you want to talk bowl games. It's just so hard like with everything happening with, with COVID and, and the Gator Bowl now has, I think, it's Rutgers. It's good to have that back. Yeah, I mean, the Tax yeah, Slayer Gator that, Bowl, that, that just tells you bowl season is here. I'm so glad that game is being played. I was going to say the phrase where we uh, – I feel like we haven't done that in so long where it's where we can just be like, with everything that's happening, with all that's going on, which is just all these teams are in COVID bosses. But uh, I'm excited for some of the bowl games next week, probably before we record. Okay, so you just, got, just run them down and say what you're feeling, and then uh, I guess that'll be our wrap-up for today. All right, we got East Carolina, Boston College. Tempted to take ECU as a three-point dog, but I also want – that feels like borderline fishy to me, where it's like, oh, ECU feels like they could be a popular dog, although underdogs have been phenomenal in bowl season. So I'll take a look at that game, consider that. Uh, you got Houston's an underdog at Auburn. Not at Auburn, but against Auburn. Um, that one, the total is right around like the low 50s. Tempted to take the over in that game. Very tempted to take the over. We'll see what Auburn has at quarterback. Louisville Air Force is one that I'm interested in. Uh, service academies have been really good against the spread, although Army didn't cover against Missouri. I think I might end up taking Air Force in that game. Kind of like the offensive style they run. What else we got? Uh, Virginia, SMU. I don't know when we're recording next week, so this might change based on that. Really high in the Virginia game. Love them in that. Send out Bronco with a win. So that was one of my favorite bets on the board i will say ecu you said you feel like they're going to be a popular public you think yeah, the they not? as of right now so probably not a lot of data to go off of off of the minimal data according to drf.com slash sports only 28 percent of the money is on ecu minus th- ecu plus three excuse me well then i'm definitely going to take ecu mike houston i feel like they might boston college probably cares a little bit but i feel like they might be 
a little more amp for that one. We'll see how it uh, how it plays out. And like any game, we definitely have to take into account the COVID absences, the NFL draft absences, yep. the opt outs. Both season has both season has become a little bit of a not a, a sham. Minefield. Not a sham, but a minefield. It's very hard to it's very hard to preview bowl season. It's very hard to to bet it looking out. Like it, it's easy to bet thirty minutes Day before of, pick. Yeah, um, but it's hard to be like when it's announced that Pitt's playing whoever they end up playing, and then Kenny Pickett opts out and he's not playing. And then you also have to take into account who cares. Like like not like who cares, but like. Who cares? Like ECU, this is their first bowl game in however many years, first under Mike Houston. They're hyped to be playing in this bowl game. Can the same be said for Boston College? We'll talk uh, We'll talk pre-college football playoff next week, I yeah. assume. All college football playoff. No best bets this week unless you have any future best bets. I mean, Duke maybe, but I, I just – I don't love it. I wouldn't call it a best bet just because it's only plus 100 to win. Oh, I'll – I'll say it is. I'll say Duke to win the ACC plus 100 and Houston to win the American plus 120 are my best bets for the day. We'll, All right. We'll check. We'll check back in March. Yeah. Come back in uh, in March, right before March Madness when we're previewing every tournament game, every all the time. Um, so, yeah, for Bennett Conlon, if you haven't already, check out Cash Grab. It's DRF Sports' all-new free-to-play Sports prediction game where you can win real money. It's available to every sports fan in the App Store and Google Play Store. You can win real cash prizes every day as well as a chance to win big money jackpots at the end of each month. All you have to do is download the free DRF Cash Grab app, create an account, and start predicting. Who will win the first quarter? How many threes will LeBron James hit? Who will win the bowl season? This uh, Coming up, we have the... Pro Hoops a stocking stuffer with a bunch of different stuff happening for the NBA. And then we have the College Bowl Pick'em. Two really fun games um, with big money jackpots that you can check out over on DRF Cash Grab app. So download the DRF Cash Grab app now and win big. For Bennett Conlin, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Here comes conference play. It's going to be a lot of fun. See ya. See ya.